When did this turn into Vikings talk? Sorry, I, I didn't mean it for it to turn into Vikings talk. It really did. Feels like a lot of pain. It is in the pain cellar with Man Jotney's 49ers right now. Well, I'm, I'm riding high because the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. Fucking <laughs> 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 like damn boys. Damn boys are out. Look out. G'day, Aussie Gridorn fans. Welcome back. Episode 2 for the week. Last week of August. Of course, you'll be hearing this. The 1st or 2nd of September, it will be. So, happy September. Happy NFL month. We're all itching to get to NFL football. Almost there. And it's going to be, no doubt, a great first week. On this show, of course, I'm joined again, Manjot and Brad. We're going to go through some GM hard decisions. We're going to put on our GM hats for a team or two. We'll tackle a couple of the big questions and some big things going on within those teams and see if we can maybe offer any perspective or we're just basically throwing out some of the big problems from around the league that we are seeing right now. So I'm going to start us off a little bit, I guess. I chucked up one of the Vikings and the Vikings poor O-line and their O-line depth, basically their O-line skill talent as as a whole. And they have a massive problem in terms of the depth around the O-line, they haven't been playing real well. There are, obviously, we do have first and second stringers, but even the second stringers were playing not to a to a great NFL standard during the preseason, especially with Nick Mullins and Jared Hall out there. In the third preseason game, we basically saw Jared Hall for the entirety of the game and the second string O-line, and even they were letting through all manner of rushes and basically Jarrett Hall was running for his life or just getting destroyed in a similar vein to what Kirk we've seen with Kirk Cousins last season with the starters. So that's not a great situation. Then, of course, the Vikings have a noted uh, very lack of depth at defense. The The D was the, the biggest problem on the Vikings last season. They just couldn't stop teams from scoring points which meant that the offense had to then try and outgun teams and score more points. And then they didn't really back that up by changing too much on the defensive side coming out of last season and into this season. There have been some notable uh, upsides, I guess, around that. And, of course, with a new defensive coordinator in Brian Flores, there is new scheme and new ideas but it's still a massive problem. Uh, boys, how do you get around some of those problems when you don't have a lot of money to really throw at a problem? Mm-hmm. Mm. I think that that's the, and that's the, the question that every NFL GM has, you know, is, is where do, where are you spending your money? And he, I, I don't know to be, to be perfectly honest with you. Because I, I wonder about, like, the situation I was going to ask you, Ian, about, you know, TJ Hawkinson. Um, yeah, well, that's an issue know. at the moment. He's sort of on a semi-holdout, I guess. They're saying that he's got a uh, an ear infection, which I guess would be some kind of middle ear infection is what they're posting it as. But there is a, okay. a little bit of a holdout because he's also said he wants a new contract before season starts and he wants it to be uh, a defining contract for the, T- for the tight end position, basically. So... Hmm. It's an interesting thing, and it's an interesting time to try and do that, especially since they've it's noted that, that Justin Jefferson's contract would be 
extended this season, and now they're talking about before the season starts, and that's obviously going to be a big contract because JJ is the the probably the biggest wide receiver in the league right now as well. He's definitely up there oh, yeah. in the top three. Um, by far. Yeah, by far. So his contract extension, you would imagine, is going to be massive. Yeah. And I just don't know. With the Hawkins thing, I don't know with, from Hawk whether it's the uh, whether it's the right time. I don't know whether it's the right time to be trying to do this. It's the right time to be asking the question, can I get an extension? For sure. Because he's only signed through the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But when you only played half the season with the team and you excelled so well, wouldn't you want to get a few more games under your belt coming into the next season to say, see, I'm better than I was the previous season because we've had an off season? Just Yeah. Well, well and they, they, but they could franchise tag him, correct? Yeah, correct. They could next season for yeah. sure. Okay. So, which I, you know, I know players hate it, but, but they, but they definitely could franchise take him. Yeah, definitely. Okay. There are some other, there is other problems there as well. There is also the cousins factor, basically, um, or the cousins of it all, as I put it in our doc. Um, <laughs> it, of course, Kirk Cousins have already said they're not extending him for next season, but we don't have a, a solid QB solution yet behind him we haven't really brought anyone in as as yet who's been through an entire season and, and trained them up they did go out and, and draft jared hall and he's been doing um a great job during preseason so far i touched base with mark uh today actually and asked what he thought of jared hall he said he hadn't really looked at him a lot uh after coming out of out of college but a lot of his uh, a lot of the the info that he's read on him, he seems to be um, a bit more of Teddy vibe, so more of a Teddy Bridgewater vibe. Mm. And of course, Teddy was okay. was a Viking as well. Um, it's an interesting vibe to have from him. I, I've certainly liked some of the uh, things that I've seen so far. Major? Yeah, I've seen a bit of that. Yeah, I've seen a bit of that uh, Teddy Bridgewater vibe yep. around Jaron Hall. Like he just, it's just like I see what. Mark is saying there, like when I'm watching Jaron Hall play, he does have a similar sort of play style. Um, you got to remember, like Teddy when he was on the Vikings before he had his injury, like he was actually pretty decent. Like he was actually looking like he could have been a franchise QB before that injury. Like that, I was. Yeah. That's how I was rating him back then. Like to be honest, maybe I'm a different sort of analyst now and might not see it the same way, or maybe. Yeah, but even then, like, I thought Teddy was on that trajectory. Maybe Hall is on that trajectory. Uh, I'm not sure because, um, yeah, I mean, he played at a good good college, I would say, in BYU. He had a decent decent amount of stats just looking through those. Um, but, yeah, the Kirk situation because that's always interesting. The two contracts he's received with the Vikings both have been fully guaranteed. So I'm not sure if that would change with a new deal, like if they'd have to make him take like non-guaranteed money, so to say, instead of like a fully guaranteed deal the next time. Like I just feel like it, it's just Kirk is probably on like, it's like on a weird bubble with the Vikings. Yeah. Like this is a team that I think... Like we'll talk about the Niners at the start of um the last show with Brock Purdy and 
how cheap his contract is. I think the Vikings, what is really, I would say, not let them down, but what has really made it difficult for them to attract so many stars is maybe Kirk's contract has been a bit, a bit much for for the team to handle, considering it is fully guaranteed. Like mm. the salary cap structure of it all and everything. He has said like, he did say as well though he really wants to retire a Viking, and I feel like yeah. he would even admit he's probably only got another season or two in him. So I kind of expect that he'll get um, a contract for at least next season, maybe another one. Maybe he might be kind to the team and take a bit better deal to to be able to retire a Viking. So we'll sort of see how that pans out. But they are going to have to do something before the end of the season in terms of a, a plan for QB because they are going to well, – uh, yeah. I think for the roster in general too, I think of uh, – like I hate to say it, Ian, but it may it may need a bit of a clean out, like the entire roster. Like I feel like they might have to ship not just maybe Kirk but like a few other guys I would say – might be on the chopping block, especially like defensively. I think there might be a couple of guys there that may be on the chopping block with this roster. I think they might may have to go a bit of a young defense. And unfortunately, yeah, because I'm not sure with this current core of Vikings. Like that's yeah, that's what I'm that's oh. what I get where people are concerned saying that they could go seven and ten is like and you know, miss the playoffs and all that is because their roster and their core may have already maxed out, unfortunately, like, for you guys. Like, they may have already reached their, like, full potential with that, with this team. So they may have to start off again. Like, that's that may be the unfortunate reality with the Vikings over the next couple of years is they may have to blow up parts of the roster, especially, I'm thinking, like, defense to pay Justin Jefferson. Maybe guys, you know have to take sacrifices on that defense. Like, they may have to ship out, like, if I was to throw out a name, maybe, I mean, I know they just reworked the deal with Daniil Hunter, but, like, even then, they may have to, like, let him leave, unfortunately. Or maybe, like, Harrison Smith, even though that'd be hard to see him play on another team, it might be it might be what they have to do to keep a guy like Justin Jefferson. So yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys that, that there's a very uncertain future with the Vikings. That's what I've got to say, because I think, what, uh, I think, I think what I find so interesting, and we talked a little bit about it on the last episode was why the, why the Vikings didn't make a move for Trey Lance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, because you know, worst case scenario is okay. It doesn't work out. They get it, whatever. You know, a fourth round, a third round pick. They lose that. But best case scenario is you get a guy on a little bit of a cheaper deal, and it opens up all these options for the roster, so they can keep those guys. Like you know, Manja is referring to having to get rid of them. I really was surprised, and I like the Vikings. Uh, I I was hoping. Uh, that I hope that they find some success. I'm I'm grateful that Trey Lance is a cowboy, but I, I was I was hoping that they would have they would have made a move for him because I think he yeah. I think he would have as I said in the last episode I think he would have flourished under a, a proper QB coach and and yeah. I feel like that's what he would have got with Kevin O'Connell. He would have got a very mm-hmm. supportive coach who knows how to maximize a QB, being a QB himself. 
but also, like, you look at the turnaround he, he had last season with an older QB in Kirk Cousins, and then there's mm. there's clearly some promise in Jaron Hall in some way. So mm-hmm. he's he's there, you know. So, uh, Major, I, I get what you mean. They might have to clear out a lot of this defense, and they should have really. They should have already. They should have done it this year. Should have just taken yeah. it. But I think I think the only reason that they haven't is because they want to maximize offense because of the way the division is right now. I think that they're, they're looking at it going, the Packers may not achieve as high as the Packers always have. It could be easier. Yeah. And they're, they're trying to get that division title again and again, get that finals berth, the guaranteed finals berth. So, but I would expect, well, I would really expect Jordan Hicks maybe on the, the block because Ivan Pace Jr. has definitely take overtaken his position. It's not on the depth chart yet, but they're already talking about Ivan Pace Jr. starting the season. And if he starts and he has a few good games, there's no way he's he's leaving that starting spot. Um, Harrison Smith would be another one. Uh, Cameron Bynum hasn't really panned out as well as he should have so far, but he's looking more promising. Lewis Seen definitely hasn't panned out that way, especially after coming back from that injury. Byron Murphy Jr. can has basically hasn't. Um, I don't think that I think the Daniel Hunter deal probably makes him safe from that, and also because of the depth behind him at linebacker there in terms of his the wide linebacker position. Because we've only got DJ Wanham and Pat Jones second who haven't been great either, um, especially Wanham. So yeah, the names and and the, the skill there on. Defense, I think you are right. I think that they are going to have to clean that out in a way to be able to afford paying um, Justin Jefferson, probably being able to afford signing Kirk again for another season and being able to afford uh, TJ Hawkinson as well. The only way, yeah. So there's going to be some there. There's going to be some questions. And, of course, then we're going to have the problem of Jordan Addison come another two or three years. Because yeah. if he keeps sure. on that trajectory, we're going to have that problem. We already had the problem with Cook where they said they couldn't afford Cook at running back. So they had to move Cook yeah. on. So, so it's yeah. coming. And then they need to find money to spend on the O-line. That is the biggest thing for me as a Vikings fan. They need to find money sure. to spend on quality O-line guys. Because it's the... Yeah. yeah so. No, I mean, it makes perfect sense. How, when did this turn into Vikings talk? Sorry, I, I didn't mean it for it turn into Vikings talk. It really did. Oh. Uh. Well, no, I, I just think, good. yeah. Nah, Let's move on from Vikings I, talk because, yeah. I mean, obviously... It feels like a lot of pain. I can obviously, it feels like a lot of pain. I, I am in the pain. It is in the pain cellar with Manjot and his 49ers right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so well, I'm, I'm riding high because the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. Fucking <laughs> 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 Dem boys. Dem boys are out. Look out. <laughs> um, That's why they... All right, well, let's move on to another one. Manjot threw this one out. And it, it, it became pretty obvious when he did throw this one out as a topic uh, for a GM hard decisions. The Cincinnati Bengals and what they do to be able to retain all the stars on this entire team. Offensive and defensive side is maxed out in terms of skill. And there is only so long you can keep these guys together before people start saying, I really need to be paid. There's only so many times guys are going to take team-friendly deals before they really reach their peak. And I wonder whether this could be the last season. And if they don't achieve now, if they don't get back to that Super Bowl, they don't make amends for what happened. Uh, I wonder whether this is the, the season or next season is when it all just blows up, Manjot. Oh, I think it's 
I think it'll be after next season because Burrow's still on his rookie deal until the end of 2024. So I think there's a bit bit of time for them to sort everything out compared to the Vikings where they're kind of under a bit of a clock, I would say, for next year. But I, I think this will maybe rear its head around 2025 if they don't sort it out because Burrow's deal kicks in in 2025. They've already signed that. I think for me the main the main guy I'm thinking about is is the receiver room like the main guys and especially T Higgins and where does he fit on the team because as we pretty much said on the fantasy podcast and good at gridiron many many times he could be a number one anywhere in mm. this league he'd probably get a lot more money like being a number one guy too yeah and it'd be real hard for the Bengals I think to keep a T Higgins on the team because. They've already got Jamar Chase, and Jamar Chase is a top three wide receiver, top five wide receiver in the league, depending on who you ask. So, and then they've honestly, got then they've got Tyler Boyd as well. He's yeah, his, Boyd's not bad. Similarly, not he's, yeah. he's he's a really good receiver. He's obviously not as high as the other two, but wow, like if those three guys, you are right. How do you how do you keep that wide receiver room and then keep everyone happy? Because there's only there's only so much money to go around in the world. Yeah, and they already lost Jesse Bates in this offseason as well, which really shows that, yeah, they're in a bit of a cap conundrum and they do need to sort it out a little bit, I think. Um, Losing a guy like Jesse Bates is a real big deal, I would say, for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think with a few of the other guys as well, it's just, yeah, especially T. Higgins, I think he'd have to move on eventually, unfortunately, for him because... It's just it's tough to it's tough to think about um how they can fit him and and Jamar Chase. I mean, it's a really hard deal. I mean, you got other guys that you need to pay, especially in that defense, and you keep that defense going well. And to be honest, yeah, they've taken a step back a little bit in that secondary this year in the defense. So yep. yeah, I, I'm just I'm just unsure. Just unsure about the Bengals and how they can fit everything. I think they're still going to be a good team, though. I, I don't think it's going to be like the concerns I said about the Vikings. I think as long as they've got Burrow and Chase together for the next decade, they're still going to be contenders. I mean, you look at, what, like Peyton Manning only need like somewhat average defense, and then him and Marvin Harrison, him and Reggie Wayne still were able to be a consistent like playoff team throughout the 2000s for the Colts. Like, that sort of thing. That that's what I kind of see. They can be like those Colts teams back with Peyton Manning. That's just so I think they'll be at least that, if not like consistent Super Bowl contenders along with the Chiefs, along with like some of the other teams up there. Not so certain about the Bills, who I think are in a similar spot as well in terms of development. If you want to throw another team out there, like I'd say the Bills and the Bengals are facing similar sort of problems. On a different timeline, though, I think the Bengals are going to face the same problems the Bills are um, in a couple of years' time, just because Allen's extension kicks in this year um, from memory. Yeah, he's in his sixth season, so it would be kicking in this year. So there's that aspect with Josh Allen and the Bills. Yep. I think the Bengals, they need to take advantage of this year and next year while the Bills are trying to sort everything out in their defense. Um, to really become that top two team along with the Chiefs, really assert themselves as perennial AFC contenders. But they, after that, it's really hard to see. 
with the Bengals. Yep. Brad, have you got – yeah. Well, I was just, I was just going to say that the one thing about the Bengals, it, uh, I think fans and people can take – comfort in is that they, you know they made it to the Super Bowl when that O line was very questionable. Oh, very and questionable. <laughs> very, you know, very yeah. And this is probably the best their O line has been under Burrow. So I I I would say I could see them making some real noise. Um I think your your comparison to the Colts with is is not a bad one. I would say that the Colts had Edgar and James and yeah. you know they the what uh, what's his name would like to think he's Edgar and James the the uh, running back but he but he's not um so you know it, it'll be interesting to see either way they're going to be must see tv um the the Bengals are going to be an exciting team to watch no matter what for i think the next two years at least yeah ed james and uh, joe mixon that's an interesting comparison there brad mm. I, I would say yeah i mean the yeah. Colts, yeah colts defense i mean they had some quality players just like this Bengals defense did uh, do right now so it's yeah it's an interesting yeah. comparison I just wanted to bring up it's just it just feels like Burrow may have to be it, it it's kind of like that second second best QB um in this in this AFC um yeah he him and yeah. Allen contending for that um behind Mahomes who's obviously going to be number one forever unless you know both of them somehow overtake him or Mahomes retires or something like or gets hurt, yeah, yeah, yeah. some something crazy happens to Mahomes, but uh, unless Absolutely. that happens, yeah, then they're gonna have to really assert themselves as a team rather than they have to really build a team rather than rely on Burrow because it, it it's not anything against Burrow, but Mahomes is just you know that far ahead of anyone in the world that he is he's just so hard to stop. To be honest, yeah. Speaking of being ahead, are are the Cardinals not ahead of everybody else and for in the race for the number one pick? Oh, <laughs> they, they're definitely they're definitely they're ahead. How's that for a segue? Yeah, that is a great yeah. segue, Brad. Yeah, well, I mean, how that is a great it's a great question, and it's one that's come out of this week. Obviously, it was in our news segment at the top of the last show. But the the Cardinals are quite clearly in tank mode. And there are a num- number of articles out there that yeah. says basically why tanking doesn't work in the NFL. And most of them revolve around the fact that though usually if you're tanking, you're going to lose a GM, you're going to lose a head coach. And who really mm. wants to work for a team that has been in full tank mode, like has destroyed their team to, to be able yeah. to get a number one draft pick, even some two seasons in a row sometimes. Like it, like the Texans, for instance, um, mm. they've been through head coaches, like interim head coaches, essentially, is what guys like Lovey Smith were. And, and how do you attract a quality coaching candidate when that's been what, what you're doing? How do you attract the quality GM when that's been what's happening? So tanking, though, is there a – surely there's ways that the NFL can change the way the draft is – to try and to try and stop teams, not stop teams from tanking, but um, 
really de-incentivized. Yeah, de-incentivized is a great word, Manjo. Um, yeah, so- yeah. Well, I think the, you know you've seen the NBA have the, that they've had to take that tact. Yeah, and that so, is one really. I think the lottery. I think the lottery is yeah. a, is a really good season uh, system, where essentially that yep. the 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 team with the worst record will. I mean, you basically get no worse than the fifth pick in the draft when you come out of it in the lottery. Um, mm-hmm. I think that is a that is a way. I, I've heard other ways, um, crazy ways, like almost having a, a a playoff series at for the bottom end of the ladder. So yeah. the teams with yeah. the four worst records might play each other for, um, yeah, but but for what? Like I don't know. I still don't know how you. That doesn't incentivize. How do poli- yeah, how do you police that not yeah, to be taking as well? <laughs> well, you know, and I think you saw well, it was the last year with the scandal with the Dolphins mm. um, when the owner was, you know, asking the, the coach to to not win or made basically saying, "I'll pay you money if you if you don't win." Um, and the NFL got wind of that and they came down pretty hard on it. So I, I I think you know the NFL is aware that that's the thing. So you got to be thinking in in the back halls of headquarters that they're talking about what is it that we can do hmm. to top teams. And I and I think if they get a whiff of it, like it, I mean, it's almost obvious what the Cardinals are doing. Oh, it's so it's, it's so obvious right now. It is. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. So you got to think that that. The commissioner is is on the phone to them saying, hey, you know, you're messing with the integrity of the game a little bit here. And I my hunch is I don't know, obviously, but my hunch is he's given them some pretty stern warnings that that this could have consequences because it's not like, you know, uh, government law where you have to enact a law and then you can enforce it. He can he can you know make a decision, and he would have the owners backing to to do some heavy uh, penalties for them. What those penalties are, who knows? But I think they're acutely aware that this could be a huge blow up for them. Yeah. So yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see. I think I mean the only way is punishment, right? That's the only way to stop yeah. them doing it is punishment. Or so you you've got to reward doing the opposite so you've got to you've got to reward winning so you've got to prioritize winning yeah for it to not happen yeah um there is one rule that i that i did find uh, um that was posted on a on a page somewhere back sports page it may not have come from them but anyway the proposal is the an anti-tanking rule essentially and it is it basically goes like this it's basically i say basically it's not that basic but anyway the first 10 picks of the NFL draft will be reordered based on the outcome of their final regular season game. So all, mm. all of the teams in the top 10 who won their week 18 game will be given top priority in the NFL draft. Of those teams, mm. the order shall be determined based on the length of their winning streaks to end the season. And contrary, the teams in the top 10 who lost in week 18 will be repositioned after those teams who won. The order will be determined based on their record for the season. Any additional tiebreakers need to be determined by regular season record, then strength of schedule, etc. So it basically prom- wow. it promotes winning. So yeah, you get reordered based on winning that that last season that last uh, season game, so week eighteen game. Mm. But then mm. the one who gets the top priority is who their their winning streaks during the season. 
Oh Interesting. yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say there's a problem with that, and that's you gotta be bad enough to be in the top ten. So if you're eleventh and you don't have a chance to get the first pick, well, won't you tank to get into that top ten anyway? Like that's But you can't, that's what I'm you thinking. can't though, you can't tank because you have to win. Yeah, well, if you tank the start of the season, um, and then you win like the last four games. And then you get the longest winning streak, get the first pick. That's yeah. I I just don't know. Like, like Mm -hmm. I I I don't want to sound dumb or anything, but it sounds real complicated to to I guess the average fan to the average person. I know I I get the premise of it. Like it's it's real good. Like I get what you're saying. In I know how it exactly works and everything. I I totally understood that bit, but I just think to the average person, um, you know, it's just. Yeah, it, it's it sounds like a very complicated idea to like explain to maybe the average football fan. Uh, I think that's possibly it. Maybe it's like, uh, maybe it'll work in some sort of flawed way where I, I know like you know it incentivizes winning, but even then, like you have to be bad enough to be in that position. Yep. So it, it's like, yeah, you can you still have to tank in a way to be in that. bottom 10 for a lot of the season and then you start building your win streak towards the end of the season just like and you have to win week 18 to get into that uh first pick position so i, I don't know it sounds really like yeah it, it's it's a tough issue for the nfl it's a tough issue for all sports um with tanking i, I mean you know over the weekend uh north melbourne my afl team um won a game Like we won a game to get out of last position, but it costs us the top draft pick in the AFL draft. And literally everyone was criticizing us, laughing at us because we won that game. But we, we gained a lot of pride from it. We gained some positive momentum for it for the next season. Like Well, there's that sort of incentive, so but I've just yeah. I've just chucked up. They basically did a chart based off this this season's draft. I've chucked that up. I just chucked that up in our at the next page down in our thing. So the way it would have re reordered the the draft that we've just seen in 2023 is essentially this. So the Chicago Bear, we had Chicago Bears at one, Texans at two, Cardinals three, Colts four. It would have with the anti tanking order. We would have seen the Falcons at one because they won week 18 and they had a two-win streak. We've seen the Texans still at two. We've seen the Broncos at three and the Panthers at four. So that would have been their draft order. Of course, there are some that traded their picks away. So there is that. And then you go down, you would have had the Panthers, then the Bears, then the Cardinals again, Colts, Rams, Raiders, Saints, essentially. So, Yeah. so it would have reordered quite a lot of it. And uh, you, we wouldn't have had the Bears who basically tanked, or the Bears and the Texans who were for a race to the bottom last season. With three and fourteen and three thirteen and one records, would have been out of that because they didn't win their their well
the the NBA team has to tank like a long series of games, whereas the mm. NFL team probably only has to tank maybe the last half of the season. Yep. Um, if just to like make sure so it's i would say it's less of a problem in the nfl because there's less games and i mean some could see that hey it it may be it may be smart to do a rebuild or something like i i just it's it's really hard for me because um on the one hand i mean i totally get like tanking probably it is it is bad in terms of integrity of the game. You should be playing to win and all that. But on the other hand, I also do see it as a legitimate team building strategy because you can actually get like a top pick, say like Caleb Williams this year, who's going to be a bona fide franchise quarterback. Well, if your team sucks already, what is the incentive to play your way out of that? That That's just what I think. I think tanking in itself is a legitimate strategy because it is allowed by the rules. I know that changing the rules can change that sort of aspect. But for me, I just don't see it as much of a problem except for every once in a while or something. Like the worst team in the NFL most of the time is the worst team. It's not a team that intentionally loses. So I just, I don't know. For me, I don't know if it's really. Well, there's articles basically online here, Major, going back to. 2014 about what the NFL could do to improve taking ah, yeah. then to eliminate it's taking. There's always so been rumors. There's always been rumors about it. So that's yeah. 10 that's 10 odd years that we've definitely been talking about it. So there's got to be solutions. Well, I, I, yep. I I was going to say I don't I think there's more than rumors. I think, I think you could argue that you know there's no doubt the Browns tanked uh, you know going back to 2016 I think it was 2017 um and they got investigated by the, by the NFL mm. yeah. one of the biggest um i thought was very interesting in an article that i read uh i think it was uh i want to say i want to say pro football talk of pft and what they had was their idea if i remember it correctly was you do it do a hard salary cap so forget the draft. You get away. You move from the draft in completely. And if you have the worst record, you have the most money. And if you have the best record, you have the least money. And then teams have and convince them to come. I don't know if that's the best option. Uh, but it's sorry, we lost a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah oh. so, so it you know because because you know is a crappy quarterback going to go to a to a, a bad team because maybe their o-line sucks or are they going to go to a team that already has a franchise quarterback so uh, yeah just there's got to be there's got to be like yeah yeah i don't like that idea to be honest because well if you're like caleb williams for example and you see maybe i'll probably team like patriots or something um mm. they're, they're gonna be bidding for you and they have like they don't have like the biggest like war chest we can say of money. Um, like you're going to a team, he can take a lesser deal essentially. Like if there's no regulation of what his contract could be, um, then well, no, there would be, there'd be a hard cap. 
there'd be there'd be a cap on it. Oh, but if he takes that. a lesser deal to play with yeah. a better team, that yeah. just completely makes it so that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. So I, I personally think like there's a lot of things that can go wrong with that idea. Mm. Um mm. that you've mentioned there, Brad, because yeah. That's why they introduced the draft in the first place back in the 30s because the rich teams kept getting richer and the poor teams, well, they started to fold in those days. Like an yeah. NFL team probably doesn't fold anymore, but it'll, yeah. it'll probably turn into something like the English Premier League where it's pretty much the big six and then you have all the little clubs. Yep. Um, mm. Yeah, that's that's just my concern. Yeah. Like you're going to see... Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, there's got to be something. We can all we can clearly see that the Cardinals are in a tank mode, and obviously, as Brad suggested, the NFL would be looking at them hard and and would be looking at what they, I guess, what they're probably going to do in this first half of the season, like what happens, how they play in games, to determine if they are mm-hmm. just truly bad or if they're deliberately trying to tank. I mean, Major, you as 49ers fans should be probably a bit more concerned about it because it kind of devalues your own division at the moment because the teams aren't that great um, and there's no, uh, there's no huge competition. But also, like, you look at – I don't know why they would want to do it because ticket values go through the floor in terms of being able to sell tickets to your own games. The ticket prices at the moment for Cardinals games are ridiculous money. ESPN show us uh, the ticket prices as low as. And some of these are as low as $30, $30, $20, a ticket. Are you serious? Yeah, Brad. Like you can you can almost get these things for free. And wow. the most expensive wow. ticket for a Cardinals game at the moment is the Cardinals versus Cowboy the Cowboys. So at home where the Cowboys come to um to Arizona. So Yeah. That's a well, the Cowboys that that will be a home game for the Cowboys. And that's the, that yeah, and that's why at the moment the low price is $163 for a ticket. Mm-hmm. So and then mm-hmm. the next the next the next highest one is is against Philadelphia um at the Eagles. So and that's 110. But everywhere else, even mm-hmm. even their away games are so cheap. It's so ridiculously cheap. The tech, oh my god. The the Texan the the, the game against the Texans in Houston. $21 a ticket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to see that one. See, yeah. And there's the problem. There's the problem. The- so, anyway, the- yeah. there won't be, if there's going to be, there's there has to be ideas. There has to be ways we're going to figure it out over time and, and massage think- your system. There has to, yeah. One, yeah. Oh, yeah. One thing I want to say about the cards, sorry to interrupt, but, um, I think it's more the GM is tanking by building a bad roster more than them actually intentionally losing games. They're just building the team to like uh, be bad, which is pretty much, I mean, a lot of teams have had to do, a lot of teams have done that before and not faced much like scrutiny from the NFL. I think, yeah, the NFL, I think if it's irrefutable evidence that like, a coach is being paid to lose games or coach has like tactics. Like I would say like if he puts like his running back as, as a quarterback every single game and that's like clearly tanking. I mean, there was uh, uh, again, to use the AFL as an example, there's, there was a team a few years ago. I think it was the demons um, from memory that they were caught like intention ta- tanking by like playing their forwards as backs and their backs as forwards and shit. That's a, like, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. 
compared to I, yeah, I do I do see what you mean about it is more on the GM for building a bad roster, but it is also the coach's problem as well because some coaches yeah. just don't won't coach up a team. I feel I feel bad for Jonathan Gannon if he's if he's left a successful franchise like the like the Eagles to take on this head coaching job. Um, if he doesn't continue past this season or even next season because of this as oh. well, because they've set themselves up to fail. And it is usually yeah, the they coach. Did that. They've done that already with still Steve Wilkes yep. um, back in 2018. That's right. And it, yeah. it, it's all, it's already, they've set themselves up. So um, I guess listeners, if you've got any ideas, uh, anything that you've seen around, any ideas on how you think the NFL could so- somehow introduce some, anti-tanking rules or de-incentivize, as Manjot put it, um, hit us up, let us know. Boys, that's a good discussion to end to end this this sort of week in the desert. This is a weird show because we're right in between preview and uh, and our, our divisional predictions shows. So it was sort of yeah. a weird one to throw out there. Um, anything else, Brad? Any other ones you sort of know of to throw out there? I'm just excited and ready for the regular season to start. I'm pumped for that. So am I. Oh yeah. So am I. We are going to be. Yeah. Next week we will be into our our previews. So we're going to be into our regular season slate. Yeah. We're going to be into uh, having. Hopefully, we'll have two two shows a week. We actually have to do two separate recordings. It's going to be a new challenge for us this this year, especially for Manjot and I, who routinely went for way too long when we did two recordings a week. Um. But we will have every week. We will have a show where we will preview TNF the TNF game for the following week, and we will review the past week's games, and then we will have a show that will come out uh, over the Australian weekend, which will be previewing all the other games from the round um, that's coming up. So this first yeah. one next week, we're going to do a big show where we're going to preview. We're going to preview TNF. We're going to preview a whole bunch of other really significant games for week one. We're going to get excited yeah. for NFL football. Uh, and we're just going to, we're just going to celebrate. We're going to party boys. Yeah. Yeah. Also some big news, <laughs> big news, by the way, Ian, what? I think we got to mention this, but we're looking for a new host on the show. Yep. So if any of you guys are listening to the show and you want to join us for the upcoming season, well, Fill out your applications in our DMs. You know, full full on job. No, no, not actual job application. No, not an actual job application. Just you don't have to send us your resume, your CV, and all that. You don't have to write cover letter. Just send us. How do you know, Major? How do you know I'm not going to make someone write a cover letter and a CV? Because you didn't make (laughs) Brad do that. I want a I want a PowerPoint presentation on why you should sit in the fourth chair. (laughs) 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 I want it on my desk in the morning. Um. Yeah, no, absolutely. We're going to look for another person to do a bit of cover to someone else to bring some more personality into our lives uh, and into the podcast. Someone else for me to have to wrangle week to week, but it'll be fine. Um, It'll also mean that we can all, each of us can have some shows off here and there, and it won't really affect the quality that we are putting out there into the universe. Um, And it also means that you get to, Get involved with the Aussie Gridiron Network. You get to possibly be involved a bit more with the Aussie NFL Fantasy Boys because uh, I know Maddie will get excited a bit more about having more people to wrangle as well. 
more people, more personalities, more opinions. We both love that. So that's what we're shooting for. So yeah, hit us up if you want to, if you want to even chat about it in our DMs, we might get a few people on here and there for a few different weeks just to see how everyone goes, see if they like it. And then hopefully eventually we will find a fourth full-time member to this power trio to add to our power trio. Um, Basically, we're building Captain Planet here, Brad. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I've got old school reference um, for Brad. I know Manjot will sort of get it, but <laughs> <laughs> Brad and I definitely watched that as kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah, we are looking for someone. So, anyway, hit us up. We'll be on to next week when you hear from us. It's going to be, we're going to be talking about actual NFL football for the 2023 yeah. NFL season. I am so excited about that. So, oh, me too. All right, until then, hit us up the socials. G'day, Gridiron, Insta, and Facebook. And goodbye for now. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys. G'day, Gridiron is brought to you by the Aussie Gridiron Network, a network of Australian podcasts bringing you some of the best content from the NFL and the local game. Check out our other podcasts, Aussie NFL Fantasy. No Huddle Dynasty, 